That's my desire tonight is just to be shut in with God. And I was just telling Brother Tom, I was still thinking about that service he spoke on Sunday and that phrase. We just want Jesus to walk off the pages of the Bible into our very presence this evening and minister unto us once again through our brother Murphy. And You love the Lord? Amen. Amen. We love the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. I've been thinking of the saints that have gone on before, thinking about uh, different ones in the little country church where I grew up and the old patriarchs that have gone on to be with Jesus and my, you know, maybe I'm known as a song leader that sings old gospel songs, but I just think maybe that when we see them again, we'll we'll sing old gospel songs together because that's what we sang when they were here. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, brother Gunther. Is thinking about him this 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 afternoon, and well, we better sing some songs, and we'll invite our brother Murphy to come. Can we sing "Never Grow Old"? That's been a song in my heart this evening, and I have heard of a land. I have heard of a land on a far away strand. Tis a beautiful home of the soul. It's built by Jesus on high. There we never shall die. Is a land where we'll never grow. Oh, we'll never grow.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. My, what would we do without the Lord's love in our lives? Amen. So wonderful. Amen. He became us that we might become Him by grace. His love was projected. Sovereign grace brought us a Savior. Amen. Came to each one of us personally. What a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful Jesus, my Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, He became me that I might become Him by can stand together and just sing that once more to the Lord. He came me so that I might become him by just want to lay it down at your feet this evening, Father. Surrendering our all, Lord. Surrendering ourselves unto your unto your will, to your presence, to your purpose, Father. Lord, you are so real. 
Your presence is so real, Lord. Oh, God. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd sweep down into every home, Lord. Every home, Lord Jesus, that is joined with us, Father. May they sense your nearness, Father. May they sense your ministering angels, Lord. Your healing angels, Father. Ministering, wooing, breathing, loving, Lord. Overshadowing us, Father. Your great Shekinah glory, Lord. Oh, God. Would you just come down in a special way tonight, Lord? Father God, we're going through a great trial, Lord. Not being able to get together, Father, and worship you the way that we like to, Father. Oh, God, I pray that you'd anoint us, Lord, with the spirit of worship, Father. In spite of these circumstances, oh, God, anoint us, Lord Jesus, with the spirit of worship and the spirit of praise, oh, God. Even if we're by ourselves, oh, God. May our hearts be so filled with joy, O God, and with the love of Christ, Father. Our hearts burning, O God, within us, Father. For your grace and your mercy, and for the joy of serving you, Lord. For the pleasure of walking with you, Father. O God, have your way tonight, Lord. Minister unto your children, Lord, especially through this Local assembly, O oh God. Have your way tonight, Lord. Help us to create an atmosphere, Lord Jesus, that you would be free, O oh God, to move, to minister, and to speak, Lord, words of love, words of encouragement, Lord, words of healing, Father, words of deliverance, Lord. Oh, God, have your way, Lord. Heal your people, Lord. There's many that are sick and afflicted tonight, Lord. Many that are going through great trials in their bodies, oh, God. Lord, just come down in a special way, Lord. Let the healing waters of your grace just flow forth tonight, O oh God. And touch your children once again, Lord Jesus. Once more, Lord, we invite you to come in our midst, Father. Thank you, Lord. Anoint Brother Murphy, Lord. Anoint him, Lord, with your very presence, Father. Just have your way tonight, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name. Maybe we can sing, In everything give thanks, 
in the good times, praise His name. In the bad times, do the same. Everything Give Him thanks Give Him thanks Oh, in Everything Give Him thanks In the good Savior, what a wonderful Lord. Amen. You can have your seats. Maybe we'll sing, when I'm in need, I call on the Lord, and He hears me, and He helps me.
that uh, second verse once more, and maybe we'll invite our brother Murphy to come. And Amen. Aren't you glad that Jehovah Nisi is our enforcer? Amen. He has spoken his word, and he is here to enforce his word. Amen. And we are the bride of Jesus Christ, and we are here to receive his word. Hallelujah. The great enforcer working in our lives, bringing forth the word to pass in the bride of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Oh, when you're in trouble. today we're so thankful that we can get together though not to get together in the physical but we can get together in one spirit that is the holy spirit we believe this is word and we love our lord no matter what situation is nobody can stop us to worship our god nobody can stop us to say that we love the lord and we know god love us amen let's turn to the scripture if you don't mind thank you for the musicians and every time when I come in, uh, you know, there's one thing never change. Or a musician, their zeal and a passion to the Lord, they never change. It just almost feels like there's hundreds of peoples in here. And they play the same just as they played it, uh, uh, when you were all here. We're so thankful. And all the technicians, I just, I think we said a lot. So I want to say one more time. And may the Lord bless every one of you. And you're a part of this worship you are a part of the things that the Lord has done in this time. And we're so thankful that God have a, had a body that he can work through. May the Lord bless every one of you. Let's turn to the book of Numbers, uh, chapter 21. Book of Numbers, chapter 21. And there's uh, two scripture uh, over here in the uh, book of uh, Numbers, chapter 21, verse 8. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he look upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of a brass, and put it upon a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of a brass, he lived. 
And so let's turn to another scripture. Uh, it is in the uh, uh, book of uh, uh, Gospel of John in the New Testament, chapter 3. Gospel John, chapter 3. And verse 13. And no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have an everlasting life. May the Lord bless his word. And let's just bow our head once more. Gracious Heavenly Father, what a beautiful scripture. Lord, in time like this, it seems like the scripture just jump out from the pages. Lord, we're so thankful that we're not a living, that uh, just uh, in the uh, denomination, that is a sphere, that I try to approach our God. And without even knowing, but Lord, we know exactly what we believe. Because you have ascended a messenger and bring this word into the reality to us. So Father, we give you all the glory and the thanks. We ask you, Lord, that even we're separated from each other physically. But Lord, you're never separated us from you, Lord. And so I just pray, Lord, even tonight, that as you are breaking up this word for us, we just ask you to make yourself become more real to us. Meet the need of the people and speak to your children. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And I was uh, uh, contemplating what title I should give. I was uh, thinking about uh, to um, uh, just give it a title, The Power of Contamination, Part 2. But then I think, no, I... Uh, I don't think I want to do that. So I just give it a title, Look and Live. So, But I will want to continue on uh, with the thoughts uh, that I just had the last time. And um, uh, so while we're, as we are speaking of this, and I, right into the beginning, I want to say one thing, uh, that God knows every need of our people. And no matter what the need is, you know, in God's concept, He actually doesn't, uh, have the comparison of what your need from what other people's need. Because God is the God Almighty. And so the level of need or the level of your sickness or the level of your trial, the level of the persecution from Satan actually doesn't mean much to God. Everything to God is just the same. And when, when the Bible said when God casting out Satan, he uses one of the finger that he can cast out to the demon. But when he carried his as a children, he carried his as a sheep on his shoulder. He used the list of things to cast out a demon, but he put his children on his shoulder, which is the most the strongest part that in the body. So God knows every person, no matter what need that it is. And he knows our nature, what we're made of. And he, uh, uh, even uh, uh, in the, the Bible, in the, the book of the Psalm, and the uh, book of the Psalm 103, 14, he said, For he knows our frame, and he remembers that we are dust, that our body was made from a, a dust. And the Brother Brandon even said that there's only about a, 
uh, how many cents? I forgot. I think a thirty-four cents or seventy cents. Uh, that if you burn that to the uh, ashes, because that's our whole body, uh, what it is. And so God never intended for our body to be perfect on this earth. That's why you have a sickness. Otherwise, if God intended us to be perfectly fine, He will give you a perfect body that on this earth without any sickness, without any weakness. But God never intended. But that perfect body is coming. So don't you worry about that. You will only go through this life once. And you only go through this life in weakness once. And you only go through that is a body of sickness once. And after that, we're done with it. So, but what we're going to use is, we're not going to wallowing around in this sick body and try to say, oh Lord, why this, why that? Lord, I'm sick, but Lord, you healed me. So let me going forward, let me pressing on. And the devil has separated us, yes Lord, but still I'm worshiping you. And this means that in this body, we overcome Satan. In this frail body, God, in this frail body, that God still manifests Himself as an Almighty God. And so, well, God knows that we have the body that is in a weakness. And He knows that the human being that in us constantly, that in the, um, how to say this, in the dung, uh, degrading, um, you know, that between man and God, when man sins, there is a great chasm between man and God. And this chasm, it doesn't getting a, getting a narrower. This chasm getting wider and wider as the human being become a continuously fallen into the morally decay all the time. Without a sacrifice, the human being can only just become a wider and wider separated from God. And the brother Branham even said that the one t- uh, several times, he said if you put to the George Washington or Abraham or Lincoln in every county of the United States, and he wouldn't have brought them back. It's just all gone. And I think that even the scripture in the book of uh, Ezekiel and uh, chapter 14, and that he said, Son of man, when the land sin is against me, but by transpassing trans- grievously, then would I stretch out my hand upon it, and would break the staff of the bread thereof, and would send famine upon it, and would cut off man and beast from it. Though this three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they should deliver by their own soul, by their righteousness, says the Lord God. That means even you put a Noah, Daniel, Job in this country, when they sing grievously, transpasses it against God, even you put all these three holy men in there, and they can only save themselves, but nobody else. Because the men, when they fall into the sin, they're constantly falling. It doesn't mean that they are... They can, uh, they try to use their education, they try to use the scientists, they try to use the science, and they try to use all kinds of even religion, try to make this world a better place to live in, and to try to reform the people. 
But you see that the people can never be reformed. They're constantly going to the moral decay. That gave us a, uh, that's give us a mind that in there, you're never going to make this world a better place to live in. You're never going to make your community a better place to live in. Though we try all we can and try to make the people's life easier, but there's only one answer that God has provided. That is the sacrifice that He made. And it's not the blood and goats, but it's the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the sacrifice He made. And that's the only play, only thing that can uh, make the chasm become a disappear and uh, reconcile the man and the God Himself. And if you let uh, the person reject the God, you will find out that that person will go downfall uh, unlimited. And you let uh, the believer that uh, they come to the church and that the person has been uh, coming to the atmosphere of the church and going to the church. But when the, as soon as they rejected the God and leave him, you'll find out that the moral decay of a person just go into the unlimited. They start to fall and fall and fall without the hand of a God and take them back. They're just constantly falling. That's why you saw that the people who rejected the God, they're totally one into the moral decay. And they can, uh, uh, they can drinking and uh, crowding and the party and Lord, and the things that you would never even imagine. And it almost seems like a two different person for the person who rejected the God. When they're coming to the church, when they're in the presence of the God, and they're fellowship with you, to worship with you, they believe the Lord, they're reading the Bible, they're, they're just like one of them. But as soon as they rejected the God, when they go out to the world, you can hardly recognize them anymore. Why? Because they rejected the sacrifice. The chasm can only become wider and wider. But God provided the sacrifice. Sacrifice for the person that can come back and be re, can return. And when God provided the way, and He asked us to be focused on what He provided to us, He's not asking us to be focused on what we can do or what we can make ourselves to do. He wants us to be focused and to look onto the things that He has provided. I hope you can understand this. When God provided the sacrifice, that deserved, that worthy for us to keep our whole eye is on that. Not on your own ability, not on your own mistake, not your own failure, not your stumble, not none of those things. But God requires only one thing. If I give you the blood, if I provided a sacrifice for you, that is the only thing that you need to look at. Don't look at your mistake. Don't look at your falling. Don't look at your failure. Don't look at your weakness. Those things in God's eye, there's nothing. God said, I provide a sacrifice. That's supposed for you to be the only thing that you should be looking at. And when God provides us, that's the things that our whole eyes has to be focused on. Let's give us some example over here. And in the book of Joshua, when Joshua sending out to the two spies... And when they go out to the spying out to the land, and they're going to the city of Jericho, and they lodged it in the, the house of a uh, little harlot, and they called it a Rahab. And to those spies, it doesn't take it weeks and months to try to be a spy, try to uh, detect how sick the world is, how tall the world is, and how many soldiers are in there, how many chariots that they have, and how strong they are. Those ten, those two spies only lodged in the rehabs of house for one night. To them, that's good enough. 
And as soon as they heard the rehab, what they said, confess. He said, when we, when we heard about that your God has opened up to the right sea, he said, our heart melted. And he said, when we heard about how God has destroyed the king of the Lord and all different of the kings, he said, we have no spirit in us. To them two spies, that word is good enough. They don't need you to go in to check all the, 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 the physical or how many soldiers do all the spices do. All they heard is the confession of that little harlot. You know when God was listening to you, He doesn't listening to your confession about how sickness you get. You realize that when God listened to the confession of the bride of Jesus Christ, He doesn't hear it about the confession of how weak you are. He doesn't hear it about the confession of the how many mistakes that you made. He doesn't care about the confession that how many failure that you made. He doesn't care about your past. Said I was a hell or harlot. I was a prostitute. I done this. I done that. God only lodged that in you the one night. He only hear the one confession. Lord, when I hear your word, my heart was melted. Lord, when I hear your word, there's no spirit in me. I'm fainted. I surrender myself. I give myself to you. That's all I can do. And when God listened to that, he only hear that one confession. And to God, that is good enough. When God sent a messenger and bring a message to us, the messenger is not coming here to hear this confession, that confession. To hear you done this wrong, you done the wrong. He only hear one thing that from you. Lord, I believe your word said to be the truth. And he doesn't investigate at all the rest of it. And the, the, the two spies and go back to the camp but right away. And after the, the night, and said to the Joshua, said to the Lord has given his land to us. You know, when God hear that, He doesn't look at the different things. God only look at the one thing. He only looks things through the blood. Anybody that in that to the blood, when red look at a red, you are as pure as it can go. It can be. If you're outside of the, the blood, you're not even in the sight of God. Because God only look at it through one thing. That is His own blood. Nothing else. And those two spies, all they're look at, all they heard is just the one harlot has a confession. Make the, make the positive confession. And that are the two spies bring the good report back. You know, that's what is the Holy Spirit is listening to. Do you realize your bad, your evil confession has no value to God? No matter how you confess your sickness, no matter how you try to confess that, you know, I made this mistake and that situation is too strong, that trial, this is too hard. Do you realize that those confessions doesn't have no value whatsoever that in God's eyes? The Holy Spirit doesn't want to bring that confession back to the Lord. He only bring one confession back to the Lord. That is when you said, Lord, by your stripes that are healed. Lord, that because you ever promised that you give my love to ones. Lord, I believe it. And I do it accordingly. And let's give another example. And when those Israelites, when they were coming, when Joshua has commanded them, said, go circling around to the, the city of Jericho. And then uh, said uh, every uh, first day and every day that uh, for seven days, they have to uh, compass 
that are walking around it as a city over Jericho. And no matter how sick the world is, no matter how strong the, the peoples are, but all the people, all they do is according to what is the Joshua has commanded to them. And in the last day, they have the circle around to this Jericho for seven times. And uh, to the last time, and uh, they have a, uh, when the priests give it a long blast of the trumpet or the ram horn, then when they hear the sound of the trumpet, and all the people shall shout with a great shout. What a ridiculous thing for all those people, and even to thinking about, and uh, uh, that doesn't even make sense. There's a no, no sense, no, not even the reason that in there that he can think of how in the world that's such a big war. But they have already heard of the commandment of the Joshua. And we have already heard of the commandment of our Joshua. It doesn't matter what situation is. It doesn't matter what circumstances, how difficult, how dark it looks like. No matter how impossible, seems like it, we're with no way going to be get together. But we're not looking at what is the situation trying to tell us. All we try to do, just be silent and walking around to the city of Jericho. And in the first day, they keep silent. Second day, they keep silent. The third day, and until the last age, there was something that they can shout at it about. And the first age had passed. The second age had passed. In the loser's age, they don't have the voices coming out. In the Methodist, you know, John Wesley's age, there's no trumpet was a blowing. But as of the last age, God give us a trumpet of the blowing. And that trumpet of blowing in a different sound. It's just like, not like anybody, any other time of the trumpet is the blowing. But in the last day, they said to them, you come past it. It's a place for seven times. Time after time after time. It seems like nothing happened. But don't you worry about it. And to the end, though the vision tarry, but he will speak. And when the long blast was blown out into the trumpet, then the people have something that they can shout at it about. And it's in this age, God has ascended to the prophet. He has ascended to the message. And the land of the prophet has a blow up, blow, or blow off the trumpet has a sound. That's the trumpet of a jubilee. It's a for us. This is the time for the deliverance. All we need to do is only receive and obey what is the commandment that our Joshua has made to us. Then the wall were crumbling. And all we have to do, you're just circling around and just walking around your situation time after time after time. And then, but God gave you a shout. He said, when you hear that trumpet, when you hear the word of a God has declared it to you, when you believe that what God has said by his stripes that I am healed, when you walk it around and walk it around, then you can prophesy and believe in what is the word of a God has said to be the truth. And then the wall will fall. No matter how impossible that seems like, but the God's word is always the true. And those people, all they have to do, they only look at what is the promise of a God has said to them about. No matter how seems like an insane, how seems like it was unreasonable, but as long as you believe what God's word has been declared, then the wall will fall. And then we're thinking about the rehab. Then he coming to you. 
Then she was in that city there. The two spies says they give her a, a token. That in that token that he put that a stream that outside of the window. Then she believed that people were mocking at her and do all of those things. But she doesn't care. All her eye is only looking upon the little thread, the scarlet thread that the Lord has a wisdom to spy, has a given to her. You know, in the last age, that we're even in the time that only the token, that is the only thing that can save our life. That's supposed to be the only thing that our eyes supposed to be looking at on. It's not look at yourself. It's not look at the situation. But it's to look and live. When you look at that token, when you keep your eye fixed on it, that's the thing will save you. That's the thing will save your whole family. No other things will be working in this hour. But only the token that the messenger that the Lord has given to us. And we're thinking about the rehab. And she's living on the top of the wall. That's the most dangerous place. And that's, a, if we consider, that's the most vulnerable position that she's at all. Because one of the people was a come passing, uh, a circling around that is a city wall of Jericho. God is going to that the wall collapsed. But she's living right on the top of the wall. She's not a living inside of a city. She's a living right on the top of the wall. That's the most vulnerable position that she's at. Even the whole wall was a fallen, she's going to be fall with it. But thank God, she got a token that outside her windows. Though the whole wall was a fallen, but her and her family was saved. You know, for the pride of Jesus Christ, we're living in this world. You're in the most dangerous place. You're in the most vulnerable place that seems like on the top of the wall. If the economy collapsed, you will be one of them before falling with it. You will be in the most vulnerable place. Think about it. We only got our, our, most of our, our church family. They're in the one income. If the economy collapsed, you will be the one that seems like going to be fall with it. You're in the most dangerous, most vulnerable position that you can ever be. But thank God, if you have that token life that in you, keep your eyes on that token. No matter how crumbling, how dangerous it seems like, you're in your kids and in the school, in the education room, it seems like it's the most vulnerable. They're so innocent. Our children is the most pure children that can ever be. Our children is the most innocent of the children that can ever be. It almost seems like it released them to the wolf pack. But thank God, the tokens still hold. It might seem like on the top of the wall, one of the whole wall was collapsing, but your children will be saved. If you're holding that a token true, it seems like they're the job. And even they're gonna fire you, and it will probably be fired on the most, probably the first body will be fired, that will be you will be fired. When it be laid off, you probably will be the first one to be laid it off. But though you're on the top of the wall, the most dangerous, most vulnerable place, but if you have that token life that living in you, no matter how dangerous it seems like, no matter how many economy going down, no matter how political, the political situation becoming more hostile than ever, no matter what the CDC says, or this and another said, so there's no end to it, but thank God we're holding that token too. 
all our eyes is on that token. That's the only thing that we'll look at. Look at live. No matter how dangerous it seems like, no matter how vulnerable that you seem to like, that you are in that position. But don't you worry. If you have that a token that is in you, the spirit of a God is living in you. It doesn't matter what is the situation and circumstance it allows it to be. Just fix your eye on that token. And the plus, when the economies are crumbling, and when the walls are shaking down, and when all the things have become a soul country, the system is falling, and everything, the shaking and the crumbling, but all that was only showing one thing, that's the delivery time for rehab. When the walls are collapsing down, when the when we see this, the whole world, it seems to be falling apart. But that only shows the one thing. That is the time for the bride to go in the way. I remember at one time, Brother David Meyer from Switzerland, and I preached a marvelous service over here. Then he was speaking about, he said, when the wall collapsed down, he said, when the wall was crumbling and clapping down, and the people was all killed, and he was speaking about, he said, all rehab's record was buried in that wall at all. I'm so thankful that God had buried the whole thing of our past in the crumbling of the wall. Amen. All the shaking down, all the crumbling, and everything is only shows us the one thing that a rehab's a past record has always been buried. And thinking about all the people that have committed adultery with a rehab, they're all dead. Yeah. All the people that a rehab has been go to bar with, they're all dead. And all the things that the old people who accused her is all dead. And let me see the bride of Jesus Christ. All your past has all dead. All the accusation is all dead. All the condemnation, God will bury that when the wall is crumbling down. And all your past has been crumbling down. And all the people that you committed adultery with, God said, I bury that. Bury the where? The blood of Jesus Christ. And all the rest of everything, God said, I buried them all. All your lust, he said, I buried where you receive my blood. And all your bitterness, he said, I bury that where you receive it of my blood. All the money making, all the money grinding, and God said, I bury that where you receive it of my blood. When you receive that token, God said, I shaking down every wall that has tried to block you down. Everything of them, God said, I crumble them all and I put them under all the room. All your hippie. It has been buried. And all your love of the world has been buried. And all your video games has been buried. And all your social media has been buried in that. When you receive that blood, that blood have enough power to turn, to reject every, your accusation. That blood has enough power to filter through all condemnation. No condemnation can go before the Lord. Everything that you hold dear, when you receive the blood, receive that token, God make the whole wall collapse so that nothing 
will be remembered anymore. All the old record has been buried when you buried yourself in the blood of Jesus Christ. And in the book of Numbers we just read, and it said, And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looks upon it, shall live. It doesn't say that you have to embrace it. It doesn't say that you have to worship it. It just said, look upon it. That's the whole thing. That's the whole key. It's not how much sincerity you try to bring yourself into it, but fix your eye and look upon it. That's what is to make you alive when you look and you live. When your faith has a look at what is the word of a God promised you, then you will live. It's not your emotionally, you have to attach to it, then you'll live. Emotionally attached to the word, to the Lord, doesn't make you live. But it's a look upon the word. To believe what is the word as it said. Doesn't have to take thunder or lightning or dream or vision. But when you believe what is the God's word as it said. Sometimes you're pounding on altar. If that will make you to believe in the word of God. Sometimes you have to shout to believe. To make you to believe in the word of God. Sometimes you have to be tear coming down to make you to believe in the word. But sometimes you can be silent. Circled around to the city of Jericho. Time after time after time. It seems there's no result. But finally it will crumbling down. When you behold the serpent of her breast, and it lived. That's all God wants you to do. And He wants you to look at uh, the brass serpent beyond the pole. What does that mean? That means brass means the judgment. It means the serpent means the sin. That means the sin has been judged. It's not a you being judged. But it's your sin has been judged. Your sickness has been judged. And your diabetes has been judged. Your arthritis, Sister Rachel, has been judged. And now you are judged. Is that your face being judged? When you look at upon that, God said, your sickness has been judged. Your condemnation has been judged. Your past has been judged. Everything has been judged. All you have to do, just look at it and say, Lord, I receive it. I believe it, Brother Sister Margaret. When you said, I believe, I receive it, everything God said, I judged them. Look at that, and you will live. Live. Doesn't mean just survive. The word live means have a life. Remain alive. Sustain life. Live prosperously. It's not just to live meagerly or frugally. It's to live prosperously. And to live forever. And the other day I tried to phone brother Patty and a sister Mercy. And uh, uh, our Filipino brothers about to, uh, did in the gospel. So I uh, I live in a message around them. And I just try to check out with them how they're doing. You know, they even named one of their son prosperous. You never name your son frugally. 
Doesn't sound right, isn't it? You name your son prosperously. You name your son Victoria. You name your son champion. You don't name your son just fear. You don't name your son mistake. It's not an accident. You name your son, you get the best name that you can put it on there. You know, God don't want you just name yourself as a prosper. He wants you to live prosper. He wants your life worthy for the gospel. He wants your life worthy for the gospel to live victoriously. He doesn't want your life just be the meagerly, frugally, just to live it under the privilege. He said that you live. When you look, you will live prosperously. When you look, you will live victoriously. When you look, you will live your life worthy for the gospel. When you look, you will go to the rapture. That's what he wants. He wants you to live. He wants you to look, not survive. He wants you to look and live. Live prosperous. And live forever. And to be quickened. To be alive. And to restore to life and health. That's what God wants you to have. He doesn't want you just to look. Oh, no, trembling. He wants you to look and not look at you. He says, look at that breast serpent. That's your enemy. But I crucified him. Look at your sin that you used to have. But I crucified him. Look at that passion, that the lust that you used to have. But I crucified him. Where he crucified, when Jesus was crucified, he brought all the sin up to that pole and said, all the sin has been judged. That's what you're supposed to look at. It's not just a look at a serpent, but look at a brass serpent. The judged serpent, condemned serpent. The accuser has been accused. The condemner has been condemned. Live means to continue in life and to remain alive. It doesn't mean that just one time. It means to continually. When you look, when you look, and then the life will continually flowing through you. The health is to continually flow through you. The healing virtue is to continually flow through you. It doesn't mean just a one-time deal, but it's a continual in life and remain alive. In this lukewarm age, in this Laodicean age, Satan has a device, all kinds of a device, all kinds of a trick, try to trap the people, make the people become a lukewarm and a cool off. But thank God that when we look, God said, you will live prosperously. When you look, you will live continually. When you look, and you will remain alive. When is the last horse rider? It's the great horse. That's name is the death. But in this hour, God said, you look at me. Don't look at all the rest of us. You look at a sin has been judged. You look at the serpents. All his devices has been judged. All you have to do is look and live. And you will remain in life. To live, that means be quickened from sickness, quickened from discouragement, quickened from offense, and from death. 
It's a quicken. That means there's a quickening power that's living in you. When you look, that's what has been judged. When God said your sin has been judged. But on the other hand, when you look, you can live. That means the quickening power now living in you. I can quicken you from all the sickness and the discouragement and offendness and death. There's another meaning of it. To live means to give life. That means that doesn't mean to survive, isn't it? That doesn't mean to just live frugally. That means give life. That means when you look, not only you live, but you start to give life. When you look, when you live, not only you live, but you start imparting life to other people. You start imparting life to your loved one, to your children. That token life is not only for you, but it's for all your loved ones. It's a look and live. To give life, you possess the power to give the life that is to your loved ones. You possess the power to give a life to the person that are around you. When a Satan tried to block the church and it blocks that up, that we cannot come to the church, don't just come to the church to worship God. If the cause goes open, you're, you're called to give life there. I'm not meaning you try to take off your mask and preach in Costco, but your life can still show no matter where you go, can be in the mall, can be in a shopping center, can be your working place. If they try to block us to not coming to the church, we just spread the gospel wherever we go. If it doesn't allow to be worshipped over here, we just look and live and just everywhere we go, Brother Matthew, go to your working place that gave life to the people. That the people saw the life that living in you. Satan can stop us from coming to church, but it cannot stop us to giving life. Look and live. And another word, another meaning, living means cost to grow. In another word, there's a power that's in you. It's not just a look and live yourself and just survive, but there's a growing power. You're constantly growing. You think, oh, I feel I'm dwindling. I feel I'm a wither. I feel that I didn't come to the church. It seems like I'm just getting a dwindling, dwindling, dwindling. Oh, look and live. Live means you grow. And Satan maybe block you to come to the church, but never stop you growing. You're sure you're still growing in grace. You're still growing in the faith. Why? All because you look and you live. They sing the song that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Let me change it. They that look upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. Anyway, I don't want to sing that. All God wants us to see that brass serpent has been judged. It's not that you being judged, but it's all sickness 
everything that is a curse, God has a curse to it. God has a condemned that sickness. God has a condemned that the cancer that a blood that tried to take your life. Is that you try to condemn it, Sister Lisa? It's God said, I condemn that thing. And all you need to do, Lord, I'm looking at. Lord, I'm keeping my eyes on that. I'm keeping my eye on that Jesus Christ has taken all my sickness. And bear it on his shoulder and go down to the Gogoza, the Calvary, and Gaza and kneel down there. That means that cancer has been cursed. That cancer has been condemned, has been judged. All you have to do is say, Lord, I believe that. Lord, my body, my weak, but my eyes keep on looking at you, Lord. Look. And live. If the Lord has judged that, has condemned that, then all I have to do is just keep my eye on it. Keep my faith on it. As small as it is. As small as a master seed. But as an unadulterated faith. That's as small as not a, the faith is not in the size. But it's in the quality of it. It's not a hybrided. It's not a hybrided by reasoning. It's not a mixing around with a man's idea. But only in words God's word has already said. By his stripes that you were healed. Praise the Lord, Sister Lisa. And all that people, that whatever, no matter what sickness that you went through, no matter how devil tried to deprive your rights, deprive your privilege, but God said, look and live. Not live frugally, but live prosperly. We're not focused on what is the man can do. Not focused on what we can do, but we're focused on what is the Jesus has already done. In the Hebrew 12, 2 said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. In that case, that means it's not our faith. It's his faith. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. That means he started this faith. He will finish this faith. That means he starts to the talking in our heart that you believe in the word of a God. And he will let your faith come to the destination to let the things that you've been faced to believe in that that come to pass. He is the finisher. He is the author. It's not you. But when he's the starter of your faith, he will finish your faith. He will let it come to the destination. And who for the joy that was set before him endure the cross. Despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. But Abraham said in the look, he said about one a true believer come out there and look upon the serpent, the brass serpent, with the spiritual revealed truth. How you can look? You cannot look just emotionally. No matter how many tears you drop down, it doesn't make that work. It's a, when the believer look upon the serpent with the spiritual revealed truth. When you receive the truth, you look at things differently. 
You're not just look at a serpent. You know my sin has been judged. You know God has redeemed me. You know God has given your children. You know God has given your loved one. You know God will never fail what He has promised. He will do. He said, they sin, sin, their unbelief already under judgment from the serpent from the garden of Eden. When they look up at a serpent, they're not trying to admire how beautiful that brass serpent has been made. They do not admire what a beautiful pool and what a beautiful you know, design of the whole thing. They only look at one thing. By faith, all my sin has been crucified. By that oppressed serpent, all the things has condemned me to accuse me. All has been judged. And it's not only just a regular judge. In this age, it's a supreme judge has come in there. When the cloud was uh, showed up on the Arizona sky there, it shows one thing, that supreme judge has to come in there. And he judged all the sin, all the devices, everything that Satan made, but he also passed the sentence to the bride of Jesus Christ, saying, you are free. And that there is no condemnation to them that is in Jesus Christ, that walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. That supreme judge has passed the sentence to you. But Abraham said, a brass is a divine judgment upon it. And God has judged my sins by his brass serpent. It representing something is to come. Sin already judged. I am free that he was healed. When the judgment passed, anything tried to take your privilege, God judged that. He said, you have no right for my children. This is, uh, let me, let me go, Brennan. Uh, Brennan Bram said, you got to see that God knows that you are a sinner. In the beginning I said, God knows that we're nothing but a dust. God knows that you were a sinner. But you have confessed your sins. And God put your iniquity upon him, upon himself. And become a man. He crosses the stream. And come down from being God. To be man. Then he might die in your stead. To give himself for you. And you confess your sin. And not a manufactured clorox. But a power of a God. That was made of blood. That might take. That might take it away. Your sinful blood. By sexual desire. And it makes you a free man. And woman. Of God. God has a sentence. The sin. Has judged that. So that you can be free. You are not to be judged anymore. And Brother Bramah said. In a gift and calling. Or without repentance. He said that the breast serpent. Had done no healing. It was our faith. In what God has done. By the breast serpent. Faith is not just. You know, I, I believe I will be healed. But faith is also to know that your sickness has been judged. As I said, your cancer has been judged. All the things that has been occurred, put a curse on you, God has judged that. When God passed the sentence, when the supreme judge has judged the, the sin, 
into the lust and the desire and everything. That means that those things have no right on you whatsoever. Those things that has used to be take you and to the place that you don't want to go. Those things that has been tempted into you. Now they are under arrest. Because the judge, the supreme judge has passed the sentence. That all the sin that's used to besetting you. But now those things has been judged. That means they have no rights on you. It doesn't mean that those things that doesn't exist. But they have no rights to on you. That means if God has to judge the sickness. Sister Rena, do you realize the sickness have no rights on you? Because the just, the Lord has to judge that. Whenever you go to the courtroom, when the judge, before the judge pass out, pass the sentence, that person still considered as an innocent. But as soon as the judge passed the sentence, in that moment, start from there on, his freedom of free to move has been deprived. That the sheriff will bring him to jail. And the same thing today, when God has a judge, the sickness, that means that the sickness cannot have a free will on you whatsoever. That means that when the sin has been judged, the sin shall not have a dominion over you. That means that the sin cannot have a freedom to freely move around you. Amen. Have no rights on you. That means that when those lukewarmness that in this world has been judged, that lukewarmness have no rights on you. He cannot have a free course that on your body, that on your spiritual walk with the Lord. Do you know that the pandemic and the COVID have no rights to dwell on you either? Brother Ken, the COVID might pass through you, but it has no rights to dwell in your lung. Brother Mark, the Lord took COVID and my path through you, but he has no rights to dwell in a body. Because God said, I judge that sickness. When I pass the sentence of a judge, he has no rights to dwell in a court anymore. I'm not going to listen to you, Satan, anymore. Because the judge has passed out to the sentence. That means that Satan, you go back to jail. Before Satan go, he might look at you. Before Satan leaves the court, he might threaten you. Said, I'm gonna get you. And he's shaking his feet. When a criminal in the court, when a judge pass out a sentence, it doesn't mean the criminal doesn't hate you anymore. It doesn't mean that the criminal, the thief or the things or whatever, the murder or whatever, they probably, their, their intention to kill you has never changed. It doesn't convict them. But it's only deprived their freedom to move. But when the Lord, but when the judge is passing it out, their criminal might be looking at the, uh, defendant, offending. You know what I mean. You know the person. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Let me finish over here. The times are passing me. So he might look at that person with some more hatred. He might say, Tom Free, I'm gonna get you. You're in this company, I didn't get you, but I'm get you in another company. I didn't get you in this part, I'm gonna get you another. You look a square straight to this eye said, pass now. The Lord, the supreme judge has already passed the sentence. 
Though you look at me with more hatred than ever, but you have no rights on me anymore. You have no ability. You have no freedom to freely move. And Satan may be shaking his feet. You hear the great noise. What is that noise? It's the chain. That chain was rattling. He said, I'm going to chain you. But if you look in the detail, if you look at it more carefully, that chain used to bind you, but now it bends on Satan. He's a handcuffed. The louder noise he made is only shows he is a handcuffed. He tried to say, you are, I'm going to take you to the premature grave. And the louder the chant was rattling, you just look at it carefully. Look at that. And said, Satan, you are handcuffed. And then I look at the Lord and said, look and live. He has no right whatsoever on the bride of Jesus Christ. And when sin is finished, when sin lost its grip, and it died in the death of Christ at Calvary, where he condemned the sin, then the sinner who accepted that, justified by faith, can scream, Hallelujah, for God's carried my sin far away. He put them upon my sin bearer, Jesus Christ. He represented both the animals, both dying and take the sin away. It's not only just the judge of sin, he takes the sin further away. And in the seed of a forgiveness, and never be remembered anymore. Therefore, you have no condemnation. Let me wrap it up over here. I was thinking about the little bear that it went into. Brother Branham's tent. And Brother Branham said to that little bear that had gone into the tent. And when he come back, he saw the little bear to put his pal that into the honey bucket. And all the honey is plumb to his elbow. And he was talking about that little bear. And I was thinking about that little bear is something. He has no condemnation whatsoever. Brother Bram actually said, as long as you're leaking honey, there's no condemnation. That bear was so focused. He only looked at the honey and he forget about everything else. As long as you're eating the food, the spiritual food in this season, you have no condemnation. Let me just dramatize it a little bit. And that little bear was his mom. And they're smelling it around. They got tired of it in the wood and the living and at the end of the trees. And then, and then they smell something different. And then they go and then they find that there's a little tent over there. And then the mama, a bit of a more experience. And it smelled of something in the tent. There was a food in there. And all the little bears and the siblings and all together, they just run into that tent. Which tent they ran into? They ran into the prophet tent. And when they get into the tent, and the mama smell, he smelled a pancake. Oh, the mama bear just going into there, just drag, just take it out of the box, it out, and started licking off the, the, the pancake. And then the little bear is a sibling, and I need to go in there. 
He smelled it a can of bin. And they just take the lid off and start eating the bin. But you know that little bear is a special little bear. He's not satisfied with just a bin. He's not satisfied with just a bread. He's not satisfied just with a pancake. He smells something very different. Do you know that the bride of Jesus Christ, we're not just to settle down with a crumb. We're not just to settle down with a can of bean. We're not just settle down to be a good citizen. We're not just settle down to try to come to the church. We want the honey. We want the true stuff that is in the word of God. That bear smells something different. Because although they born in the same family, but the bride of Jesus Christ was way different from all the denominationalists. They want something different. They are not satisfied with just a word. They're not just satisfied with just some knowledge. They're not satisfied with just come to the church. They said we wanted the honey. We wanted the life of Jesus Christ. And that little bear will start you sniffing it around. And they find out a bucket of honey. And it started putting his powder into it. And it started licking it. And that honey just get all over him. Then the prophet come back. And the mama bear was scared about. And the siblings got scared about. I remember it at a time when a prophet had come to my life. I just accidentally ran into the tent of the prophet. I don't even know. And some people there, when they heard the serpent seed, they're gone. And some just satisfied with the message just should be help your marriage life and then they're gone. And some of you just get a little blessing from the message, then they're gone. But I smelled a difference. There's something different in this message. Some people are just satisfied with the Godhead and baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, then they're gone. But I smelled a difference. There was a serpent seed in there. And then the killer is the prophet. When a prophet had come back into the tent, boy, all the rest of them are all gone. There's no prophet in this age. There's impossible. Why God has a speaking through to sort of one man. God can speak him through to the many man. We're in a good church. We're in a beautiful church. We're in a mighty church. We don't need that. They're all gone. But I smell a difference. That prophet might scare it out of the way. Her mom, his siblings, but that prophet had never scared me away. I just run into the bucket of a honey. Say, Lord, this is, belongs to me. The title deed belongs to me. The seven seals belongs to me. The seven church ages belong to me. The book it is, it belongs to me. Some people and the mama might say, don't go to that fanatic. Don't go to that according to the Bible way. There's a whole bunch of fanatics over there. Mama, you just wait. Wait till I got my whole body was filled with the honey. I'm going to go to you so that you can lick it on my honey and get filled too. 
that are alive, be giving that out. When you dip yourself in the honey bucket, in the word of God, even in this pandemic, when you give your whole self to it, dip yourself into it, then the people who left, the people who scared, maybe say you're a fanatic, but they are even they are born in the same family. They all belong to the bear family, and they were licking from your honey. As long as you're licking honey, there's no condemnation. As long as you're eating the word of God, there's no condemnation. But Abraham to talk about that black bird and who was uh, trying to go get his uh, strawberry patch. He talked about a groundhog and he tried to go get his llama bean. And all of them, and he said that they got a scarecrow there. But when they look at it, they saw it's just a scarecrow. There's a no life in it. And then it's just a scarecrow. Just Satan tried to scare you away. He tried to scare you away. He said, in this pandemic, it was never going to be open. In this pandemic, all of you, you're going to be go cooled off. You're going to have an excuse. You're going to have an excuse to be backslide. You have no excuse to backslide. We have enough honey that in this word, that it not only keep you alive, but keep you prosperously. Live prosperously. Not just to live frugally. And Brother Adam saw the little black birds that, and all still scared out of the way on that outside. But there's a two birds that are standing on a scarecrow's arm. And they just eat a belly full. As long as they're eating, there's a no condemnation. Why? Because their whole eyes was focused on that food. When you put your eyes focused on the food, on the word in this hour has revealed, God said, there's no Condemnation. No scarecrow gonna scare it away. The bride of Jesus Christ. Let a musician come. All they do, they just focus on what they're eating at. You know that's what is the God wanted us to do. Look and live. They look at the word of a God. They're not a look at the situation. They're not look at a scarecrow. That are trying to scare that a bride out of the way. No matter what situation that you're going through. No matter what circumstances that try to prevent you. But all of them are just a scarecrow. And what can feed you? It's the word and his hour that can feed you. Like that little bear. Just put your hands into the honey bucket. The word of a God that in this hour... That is made available for you. And is to give it to you. Well, you put your hands into it. And you get to the honey out of from the word. If there is any way that we say, what is the, how good our Lord is. And I was thinking about it one time. I said, tell my life, my wife. I said, this is the best of time I ever have. The reason this is not because we was out of church. The reason it is, is this is the time I become a more sincere in all my life. I become a more looking to what is the word of a God has given to us. You know, the one time the Mr. Churchill had said, when a war is coming to uh, the Germany, tried to invading the England, the France has a surrender, and then Mr. Churchill said that we must stand. 
is that if we're for the United States and all of the world, rest of the world, going to fall into the darkness. He said, but we are, we're standing. He said, if the British Empire lasted for a hundred, a thousand of years, he said, they will still remember this is the finest hour. That's one of the famous speech. I have it in my quote, but I don't just want to spend time on it. This is still what a finest hour. If the time goes on, let us be remembered. Sister Margaret, Sister Eclista, Brother Jim, Sister Shirley, let them remember this is still the finest hour of the Cloverdale Bible way. Of the bride of Jesus Christ. And he said, Mr. General Wagon said that the battle of France is over. But he said that the battle of Britain has just begun. The world might be saying that this is a battle. This is the COVID and the pandemic and everything. They're thinking of the church. I, one time, I was, a, I was a wizard, a, a one man from a different church, a denomination. And he said, you know, Murphy, he said, after this pandemic, he said, I would say probably 20% of all the churches cannot be survived. They're all going to be gone. They cannot have survived. They're just, just decrumbling, just crumbled. But then I remember the bride of Jesus Christ. If this time is going on, and by the grace of God, we'll let him remember, and we remember, this still is the finest hour that we're going to ever have. May the Lord bless you, my dear brothers and my dear sisters. We're not a special bear. We put our hands into the honey bucket. People must satisfy the witches of the crumble here or the crumble there. People must satisfy the just with their isolated themselves in their room and without coming to church. They're giving themselves an excuse just backside and after backside and cool off after cool off. But let the world remember this is still the finest of the hour for the bride of Jesus Christ. This is the time that we stick our hand into the honey bucket. That our whole life be soaked with the honey. And so that we are encouraged all the other member of the bear family that they can lick from us. They can see the life of Jesus Christ. That the word of God and the message of this hour still keep us alive. Look and live. Shall we sing that song, Look and Live? Let's sing it all together. Oh, look and live. Hallelujah. And look and live. Brother Nathan, I have to ask you to help me. You know me. I just can't. I just can't do this. Let's sing it all together. Look and live. Look and live. Oh, look and live. My brother, live. Oh, Jesus, now and live. His recording is his work. Hallelujah. is only to look and live. Yeah. Can you sing the verse for me? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sister Joanne, you know how to sing it? I'm sure. <laughs> Thank you.
man. It is worth hallelujah. It is only that you look and live. Amen. Look and live, my brother, live. Or to Jesus now and live. It is recorded in his word. Hallelujah. It is only that you look and live. I've a message full of love. Hallelujah. A message, oh, my friend, for you. From above, hallelujah. Jesus said it, and I know it is true. Oh, look and live, my brother, live. Look at Jesus now and live. This recorded in his word, hallelujah. It is only that you look and live. I will tell you how. finish our face and when you look at that you will live may the lord bless you can we sing that uh, uh my uh, my sins are gone you know that song yeah okay let's sing that song my sins are gone let's sing it all together you asked you asked me why i'm happy so i'll just tell you why because my sins are gone, and when I meet the scoffers, you ask me where they are, I live, my sins are gone, all because of Calvary, as far as we left our distance from dawn, in the sea of Yeah. 
praise Him. Our sins are gone. He buried into the seed of a forgetfulness. May the Lord have blessed every one of you. That's a bow on the head. We just uh, pray and dismiss you. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, how we thank you, Lord, to know what we believe it is the truth. To know not that we're, we're not just a believing, merely just a some myth. It's not something that it's just somebody told us about. And not just that some preacher preaching it about it. But Lord, you speak mouth to ear and to our heart. How we thank you that you changed our life and made us not a miserable like in a religious crank or whatever that is. But Lord, you made us alive. We're not just a live frugally, but Lord, you make us live prosperously. Make us live that in the grace of God and growing every day. Lord, I just pray for all the needs that some are sick in their body. Lord, I just pray, let your healing virtue flow through them, Lord. And that the people, they might be depressed. They may be filled that they're just nobody. It seems like nobody cared about them. But Lord, I just pray, let a still small voice speak to, spoke to Elijah. The same still small voice speak to them. Said, I do care that about you. Oh God, I commit every brothers and sister in your hands. Lord, that you... Your strength is made perfect that in our weakness. Go with each every one of us. Give them a wonderful time, a wonderful the rest of the week. Lord, and may we leave the victorious alive. When Satan come like a flood, Lord, you'll leave it up to stand there to against it. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. May the Lord bless every one of you and that the grace of God be upon you. And so let's just sing the last song. Uh, maybe see the Psalm 34. The poor man cry. Uh, Lord, hear. That's right. I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord. And the answer.
Oh, blessed is 